Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We we are uh, continuing in our series, I Have Decided This Is Week. Three And our key verse for the series comes from Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3, and it's going to be on the screens for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. Some versions of the Bible say run with endurance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and considered him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not get weary and lose Heart. It's a great key verse for this season. And the, the privilege I've got this morning is I have decided to be life-giving. I have decided to be life-giving. The whole series is all about this thought of the power of a decision. You see, the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because decisions shape our lives. Decisions are those things that change the way we are living if we make a decision to change. Now, the reason I say that is we're coming into that time of year shortly after Christmas, January. How many people know the, de- the gyms will be full in January? You know, everybody in January, I've decided I'm going to get fit this year. I'm going to lose, you know, three stone. By February, they're empty again, you know. <laughs> but if you stick with that decision... If you consistently do the right decisions that you need to do, you will achieve what you feel you need to do. Is that true? If you consistently do that. I love this thought. It's not what you do once in a while that shapes your life. It's what you do consistently that shapes your life. Now, what I want to say before I just share a few thoughts on how we can be life-giving is... If you have made decisions in the past that currently your life is not where you want it to be, it's okay. We we use this phrase in arena, we're going to draw a line in the sand. And I love that thought that no matter what's gone before, no matter what decisions I've made before, whether they're good or bad, I can draw a line this morning and say, actually, today is a new day. I don't know about you, but I I like looking back at photos, you know, from years ago. And sometimes I look back at photos and and there's one particular one. I'm at a wedding and I've got this dress on. And I I look at this every time I see this photo and think, what on earth was I thinking? (laughs) Why on earth I look like my grandma in this dress? And I know what it was. I was going through a season where... You know, I'm, I'm a Primark girl, you know, I like, I like the deals, you know, and I decided I was going to buy something from Monsoon, which is probably, you know, triple, 
quadruple the price of Primark. I bought this dress thinking it was all classy, and now I look at it and think, it is not me. What was I thinking? You know, we can make, that's just a very simple example, but decisions that we can make, you can look back on and think, I made that decision, it was wrong. I made that decision, it was wrong. But today, we can draw a line in the sand and say, no matter what I've decided before, from this day on, I can change. From this day on, I can make a decision to be consistent with good decisions. Forget the past. You see, that's why it says run with endurance. Forgetting what has gone before, we can run today with endurance. So I'm just going to talk very briefly, first of all, about some misconceptions about being life-giving. You see, to be life-giving... You may say it's easier for a certain type of person to be life-giving. And I'm going to give you some examples. So to be life-giving, you don't have to be a certain type of person. So, for instance, if you are a naturally glass-half-empty person, you're more of an Eeyore than a Tigger, okay? That is not an excuse that I can't be life-giving. It's just the way I'm wired. That is not an excuse, You don't have to have been brought up a certain way. Julie, there's no way I can be life-given. There's no way. Have you seen how I was brought up? I've gone through this. I've gone through that. I I am so, I can't be that person because of what I've been. Can I remind us again today, we're going to draw a line in the sand and we're going to move on. No matter what way we've been brought up. You don't have to look a certain way. Now, we'd all like to look like either Brad Pitt or Julia Roberts, but it ain't going to happen to most of us, is it? You don't have to look a certain way to be life-giving. I know some people who look fantastic and are the most miserable people on this earth. And I know some people, um, Glennis was just telling me about our beautiful friend Margaret, she is a life-giving lady. She's there. She's a life-giving lady, and, and she's elderly, but she gives life wherever she goes. You don't have to look or be a certain way. You don't have to have a certain skill. You know, I would say if you are struggling in the area of communication because you feel I can't be life-giving because I really don't know what to say, come on Thursday. Come to the leadership track on Thursday. But the point being, you don't have to be a Ronaldo or a a, a Mary Berry or whatever talent to be life-giving. You just use what you have got in your hand. You just use what you can to be life-giving. A few misconceptions. So I just want to give us three points this morning because I believe everybody here wants to be life-giving and can be. And can be. So three areas I just want to talk to us about. One, to give life, we need to receive his life. You see, as a follower of Jesus, we should all be life-giving. Because when Jesus was invited into our hearts, he gave us life. It says this in John 10 and verse 10. I have come so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You see, to be able to give something, you've got to have received it. You've got to have received the life that God died to give us. I also believe it's not a one-time fix us all. You know, because... To, to, to be life-giving for me isn't, well, I, was, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 11, and then I actually went through a season where I went completely away from God, and I came back to a decision in my early 20s to give my life back to Jesus. 
But every day since then, I have known I need to receive his life daily. It's not a, I was saved back then. You can't live on that experience. Because when you first give your heart to Jesus, there's an excitement, there's a newness. But I want that every day. That excitement that God gave me when I was saved, I need that refreshing every single day. The only way I believe we can do that is do what it says in Romans 12 and verse 12. And I love this scripture. On those days where where we can start to get tired, run down, busy, worn out, it says this, Romans 12 verse 12, be constant in prayer. This is what the Amplified Version says in brackets, seeking his wisdom, his guidance, his strength. Constant in prayer. So this is my prayer often when I'm driving home after a busy day at work. Father, I've got that meeting tonight. I need to get that washing done. I've got to do, I've got to do this. I've got, I need your strength. I need your help. And just keep coming to him. It's amazing when you do that, God hears and answers our prayer. But sometimes we don't do it. We just try and do everything in our own strength. We started with the scripture in Hebrews 12 verse 2, and it says, fix your eyes on Jesus Fix your eyes on Jesus every single moment of every single day. Fix your eyes on him. You see, I believe the only way we can stay full is by keeping in his presence. It's the only way for me because I leak. I'm going to let you into a secret. I'm not given to being moody. Most people that know me know I'm not. I'm just normally okay. However, one night this week I had a wobble. I'm going to be honest with you, I was in a mood. Now, hopefully... Most people around me wouldn't have known that, I don't think, other than my husband. Now, my husband didn't cause the mood, so just to say that, you know, it's not Chris's fault. I was just got, you know how sometimes you can get all sorts of things in your head, and you think there's a script to take every thought captive. These thoughts were going around in my head, and I got into a bit of a way. So much so that by the time I went to bed, my thought life had gone vroom. So I woke up in the very early hours of Thursday morning, and the same thoughts... Isn't it funny how when you first wake up, if you can capture those first thoughts of the day, it makes a difference. I'd got all these negative thoughts when I woke up in my head. And at about quarter to four, I thought, that's it, I'm getting up to pray. I am not having this. Now, thankfully, my mood only lasted from a few hours before going to bed to a few hours getting up the next morning. I got up. I spent time with Jesus. I said, I am not having this, God. And I declared all the good things that God's over my life. I'm a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. You have given me life. You have come to save me. I just sat there. When I came out of that time, my focus had changed. My perspective had changed. My mood had gone. There was no reason why I felt like that, other than I needed to take that thought captive. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Be constant in prayer. The only way you can be a life giver is by receiving his life. If I hadn't have done that, that day I wouldn't have gone out and been a life giver. That day it would have been all about me. That day I was so preoccupied with my thoughts if I hadn't have given my thoughts to him and replaced it with his thinking over my life. Don't think any worse of me, will you? Because I am human. (laughs) Secondly, to give life, we need to stop thinking it's all about me. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about me. You see, you might be sat there thinking this morning, and I get this, 
I need somebody to be a life giver to me right now. <laughs> the last thing I want is to give life to other people because I'm, t- I'm, I'm depleted. I've got this awful situation happening. I want somebody to give life to me. I, I read a, an article, and it was by a guy I've never heard of, but it was such a great article. I, I kept a note of it four times like this. And he's a guy called Dr. Gregory Jantz. He's actually a media expert on behavioral-based addictions, and he, he reports on CNN, Fox, and American, ABC News, all of that. And this is what he said. One of the most effective antidotes for burnout and emotional exhaustion is to become a life-giving person and to stop demanding, threatening, pleading, cajoling, and bribing others to do our bidding. We have a wonderful example as a follower to the one who said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This guy is a consultant, is an expert. He, does, he reports on these top uh, websites and news, and he has proven that an antidote to us feeling burnt out and exhaustion is to be life-giving. It's an antidote to us. Galatians 6 and verse 9 puts it this way. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those in the house of faith. Do good to everyone. Just a few examples. Even that annoying boss. (laughs) Even your noisy neighbor. Even the self-absorbed relative or friend. Even those people who have said mean things about you. Even those people who have hurt you. Do good to everyone. You know when we hold grudges, when we hold attitudes, when we hold those things in our hearts, actually it probably doesn't do the other person any difference, but what it does is harm you. They don't even know. I'll have this conversation with Chris when he gets worked up in traffic. I'll say, they ain't got a clue that you worked up, sweetheart. Keep calm. Because all it's doing is making you worked up. And then he reminds me that I have the same attitude sometimes when I'm driving. But the point being (laughs) that it doesn't make any difference to them, but it has an effect on you. Do good wherever you go. You see, we often quote this, and I quote it a lot. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We quote it, don't we? If you're a Christian this morning, you have probably heard or quoted that phrase. But do we really believe it? There's a portion from Health E-News, which is a very prominent health website. And it says, it is better to give than to receive can actually be proven statistically. New research suggests that choosing to spend money and time on others rather than spending it on yourself provides those feel-good moments that we long for. Surveying nearly 123, sorry, 235,000 people in 136 countries, researchers found a positive relationship between personal well-being and spending on others. It didn't matter whether the people surveyed were rich or poor. Josh shared a wonderful example of the woman who broke an alabaster jar at Jesus' feet. 
She wasn't a well-off lady, but she just wanted to pour out, pour out. And she knew the power of that giving would do something in her life. It's proven that that will help us. It's not about me. And thirdly, to give life, we need to determine every day and everywhere to be a breath of fresh air. How how many of you, uh, there's sort of two camps of people here. Those that when you see them, you're like, oh, oh, I'm glad they're there. Those that when you see them, you're like, oh, my word, I might just go over here a little bit. I'm not being cruel because I would try not to do that. But this is the truth, isn't it? Those who walk into the room and actually you're like, oh, I'm so glad they're there. And those that when they come in, you're like, oh. You see, just a few examples. Just think for a moment of people whose company you enjoy and who cherish. Are they not the ones who are normally life-giving? They're interested in you. They listen to you. They regard you as their friend. They smile (laughs) at you. You were pleased when they arrived. Then there's those who brighten up the room when they actually leave it. Which one do we want to be? No, it's true. It's true. (laughs) On Mondays, um, Chris and I, uh, and Jordan and I, have the privilege of looking after Judah and Willow, our grandchildren. Oh, it's one of my favorite days a week. And, and we devote that day to these children, wherever they want to go, whatever they want to do. You know, we're just like, I mean, we don't spoil them. That's in context. But we just, they just want to be there. We don't spend a lot of money. We just have fun with them. And they love that. And a few weeks ago, we'd, we'd had a great day. Judah was leaving. Josh and Helen were just getting them into the car. And Judah came running back down the drive arms up like that to me. And he says, Mama, Mama, and hugged me and put his arms around me. He said, I love you. Do you know what? that? I was floating on air for days. My grandson loves me. I told Jordan. I told Chris. I told Brad. I told her. I just was so excited. And do you know all we'd done? We'd just spent time with him. We'd just been there for him. We did the stuff he wanted to do. I'm not saying you all start running at each other, telling each other you love each other, but perhaps we, we need to. But what I am suggesting, there are a few things we can do. We can show others we care. Have a listening ear. Help bring healing to others. Lend a hand. Be reliable. Smile more. Be kind to the waitress who may have messed up your order again. Don't be rude to the person on the phone trying to sell you something. Husbands, what about opening the car doors for your wives every now and again? Women, you might not like me for this. What about taking your husband's breakfast in bed every now and again? Kids, children, young people, what about doing the hoovering for your mum and dad every single week? Thought you might like that one, parents. I might get some words after this. What about giving your last roller away? What about handing the remote over, guys? (laughs) What about not pushing for the best seat, but letting others sit there? What about asking others first about their day? What about sending an encouraging text or a card or even a bunch of flowers for somebody you know that's hurting? What about giving someone else a genuine compliment? What about making it your goal 
to make someone else's day? What about being available for God to guide you and lead you with a little whisper, help that person, speak to that person, do this, do that. When you pray those prayers, God, today, wherever you want to use me, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do through me, may I not just be about my goals and my day, but may I listen to what you're wanting to do through me. I just want to conclude with this thought. Mahatma Gandhi stepped aboard a train one day. One of his shoes slipped from his foot and landed on the track. The train was already pulling away from the station and he was unable to retrieve his shoe. To the astonishment of his traveling companion, Gandhi calmly took off the other shoe and threw it back along the track to land close to the one that he dropped. Why did you do that? Asked a fellow passenger. Gandhi smiled. The poor man who finds that shoe lying near the track will now have a pair he can use. Gandhi did that sort of thing instinctively. His decisions were life-giving and they had a ripple effect. I just want to be that person who does it instinctively. I'm not there. I can still be selfish. I can still be self-occupied. But my prayer every day is, God, less of me, more of you. Less of what Julie Turner wants and less of what you want. And I believe that when we do that, when we determine to do that, we will make a decision that is life-giving, that will not just give life to others, but in so doing, we will receive life. In so doing, we will be living the life that we've been called to to, to live. So this morning, we're just going to, just to conclude, just to bow our heads right now to give people the privacy. And I just want to, there's just two areas I I, want to pray for. If you actually don't know Jesus this morning, you haven't actually ever invited him into your life. You know, to be a life giver, a true life giver, I believe you've got to receive Jesus into your life first of all. And if you haven't ever done that before, while every head is bowed, we're not going to ask you to come out to the front. We're not going to embarrass you. We're just going to ask you in these quiet moments to lift your hands as a recognition to God and so that we can just put some tools in your hand after the service to help you on your next steps. Just say, yes, God, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want this life that Julie has been talking about this morning. If that is you right now, would you lift your hand? You've never given your life to Jesus before. Right now. There's no need to feel embarrassed. Secondly, if you know that you are struggling in this area, that actually you have been a bit preoccupied with yourself, actually you haven't been spending time with Jesus, actually you need to draw a line in the sand and say the bad decisions I've historically made from this day on, I will choose to be life-giving. I will choose to make a ripple effect difference wherever I go. You don't need to put your hand up. I'm just going to pray for you right now and just just be determined in your heart that you're going to receive this prayer. You're going to take this prayer. You are going to believe that from this day on, you are going to 
just move into all God's called for you. So, Father, we thank you that you came to give us life, God. We thank you that you died to give us freedom and joy and peace and love. And, Father, we want to just rise with a new strength, a new hope, a new um, love today and say, Father, we draw a line in the sand. We choose from this day that we will be determined to live in your presence. We'll be constant in prayer. We'll fix our eyes on Jesus. We will choose to believe it's not about me. And we will be a breath of fresh air wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.